Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with dash cam video that captures a violent crash on the Trans-Canada Highway and one that incredibly saw no serious injuries. Members of Comox Fire Rescue were on their way back from a conference in Victoria when the driver of the vehicle suffered a medical issue. He lost control of the vehicle, sending it swerving into a ditch before cutting back across two lanes of traffic and into a cement barrier. I noticed the driver kind of doing like a head bobble in, in the mirror of his truck. So, you know, I laid, laid on the horn a little, uh, to, you know, let people know, you know, maybe something's going on, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden it looked like he just gunned it and went down the highway, you know, kind of a higher rate of speed. And then I guess it hit a lip, kicked sideways and, you know, just went flying across the highway. It- the driver and two other firefighters were taken to hospital for treatment, but everyone is expected to be okay. Now to serious questions being raised tonight after a judge acquitted a driver in a fatal crash in Vancouver. The family of the victim calling the judge's decision absurd, noting the driver has been busted for excessive speeding multiple times. As Rumina Dea reports, the decision has some wondering what it takes to lose your license. Guys, who's that? This is Grandpa. The one-year-old twins recognize his yeah. face, but Aiden and Connor have never met their grandfather. He had always wanted grandchildren. Oh, he never got a chance to meet them. Dr. Alphonsus Huey was on his way to his practice in Vancouver in 2015 when Ken Chung's Audi smashed into Huey's car. Chung was driving 140 kilometers an hour in a 50 zone, 119 kilometers at the moment of impact. Going on three years now, Chung has just been acquitted of dangerous driving causing death. What this decision has done is it's clearly sent a message. It's okay to drive like an idiot because guess what? If you hurt someone or if you kill someone, there's going to be absolutely zero consequence for you. While there was dash cam video and eyewitness testimony, Chung was driving in a hurry blocks before the crash. Defense argued he momentarily accelerated his high-powered vehicle. Judge Rideout agreed. Under the Criminal Code of Canada, dangerous driving is defined as a marked departure from the standard of a reasonably prudent driver. Despite the acquittal in criminal court, the public safety minister says Chung could still face penalties from ICBC. The superintendent of motor vehicles will be looking at the, uh, the, the driving record uh, of the individual uh, and there may well be uh, consequences that uh, flow from that review. Just weeks ago, Chung was found guilty in an unrelated case of excessive speeding from 2017. He was doing more than 100 kilometers an hour in a residential zone. This is less than two years after the doctor was killed. 
While Crown reviews the case to see if there's grounds for an appeal, Dr. Huey's daughter says she doesn't want public pity. She wants public action. Maybe my dad died so that we can change our justice system and nobody else can get hurt. Romina Dea, Global News. Now, breaking details in an assault outside the Costco in downtown Vancouver last year. Police announcing charges today. It happened in December. Witnesses reported some kind of altercation between two men. The victim, 86-year-old Orlando Ocampo, was rushed to hospital but died of his injuries three weeks later. Late this afternoon, police announced 58-year-old Thomas Stephen Toth has been charged with manslaughter. He's due back in court later this month. An Abbotsford judge has denied a request for a stay of proceedings in a drug trafficking case. The defense trying to get the case thrown out after an Abbotsford police officer was caught on surveillance during the raid, allegedly sticking cash in his sock. Aaron MacArthur has more on the decision and why some feel there is a double standard. What constitutes a breach of public trust? According to a Supreme Court judge, a cop rifling through a wad of cash and then stuffing it in his sock during a drug raid, not enough to have charges against a suspected drug dealer thrown out. We place a lot of trust in our police officers. We allow them with judicial authorization to go into people's homes. And if they go in there and abuse that trust and steal things, then it's a problem for all of us. Brian McDonald is accused of trafficking and is facing charges based on the discovery of drugs, weapons and cash. A drug cop from Abbotsford can be seen on security video handling evidence inappropriately. The officer has claimed it was a practical joke and didn't steal any money. Irrelevant, says a friend of the accused. They should have been, uh, he should be out. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't have uh, policemen like that stealing, you know, out of the crime scene, so to speak, eh? You know, he should be out. There's no consequences for the police officer. Yes. Yeah. It seems like he's getting He's getting off. The judge ruled that even if the officer did steal the money, he acted alone. As well, she argued the amount was small enough and the bulk of the evidence was discovered elsewhere that the integrity of the investigation and judicial process isn't tainted. If you just zero in on the charges, then you could say, well, this is irrelevant, but it's much bigger than that. I mean, it's huge. I mean, can the police go in when they're executing search warrants and steal things and say that's okay because it doesn't affect, you know, the charges against him? It doesn't affect the other evidence we have on him? Abbotsford police wouldn't comment on the ruling. The officer has been reassigned to administrative functions until a separate RCMP investigation is concluded. McDonald's lawyer contemplating an appeal. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Surrey RCMP had to call in its explosive device unit and shut down part of 135A Street after a suspicious item was found this morning. A remote-controlled bomb disposal robot detonating the item, which was found near the front room drop-in center and emergency shelter. Out of an abundance of caution, RCMP asked some of the tent city campers in the area to leave for a short time. The investigation now trying to determine what exactly the item was and how it got there. Well, we all know the rules when it comes to using your phone behind the wheel, but are there exceptions that won't land you in hot water with police? A recent incident in Saanich is shedding some light on that question. Here's Kylie Stanton. There's an accident in the intersection just ahead, and you are behind the wheel. What do you do? Oh, wow. Uh, On the spot, I would probably... uh 
use my Mazda Sky Active technology to place a 911 call hands-free. Yeah, like I'd put it on speakerphone and I'd call 911. You might be saving somebody's life by slightly bending the rules. It turns out there are exceptions to the rules. In an emergency, you can call 911. Call 911. I don't know who your mother is. So basically what he's done is he's uh, asked Siri to call 911 and uh, Siri doesn't understand him and says basically she doesn't know who his mother is. Saanich Police is using this dash cam video to get the word out. Posting on Twitter, police explained the video was taken on May 30th when officers were attending a crash at the intersection of Mackenzie and Glanford. It goes on to say, we'd like everyone to know that in this situation, you can pick up your phone. I did not know that. Bravo Whiskey Kilo, is he in the uh, right turn lane? Although the province has introduced stiff new penalties to crack down on distracted driving, Section 214.4B of the Motor Vehicle Act outlines exceptions to prohibition. To call or send a message to a police force, fire department or ambulance service about an emergency. But this driving instructor says it should only be used as a last resort. If you can pull over, pull over to the side of the road. Get off the road, out of danger. But ideally hands-free. Ideally hands-free over handheld. I don't know who your mother is. As amusing as this video may be, it's also encouraging. Proof drivers are getting the message and leaving their phone alone. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. A heads up about possible delays if you're driving to YVR in the next couple of weeks. Starting Monday, there will be lane closures in both directions on Grant McConaughey Way. BC Hydro crews will be working in the area on a utilities relocation project in preparation for the next phase of the MacArthur Glen Outlet Mall. YVR officials advising travelers to allow for extra time to get to the airport. Well, the challenge of finding an affordable daycare space in Metro Vancouver just got a little tougher. Another daycare is shutting its doors after the church it's located in was sold. John Hua explains what will be taking over the spot and why there are fears the problem will only get worse unless the province steps in. And let's see if you can sit nice and tall with good posture. Debbie Moret has been growing young minds since 1997. Her dream and life's work, rooted in this cozy wooden building in Richmond. That's what this building is. It's a great big hug around all these children, keeping them in a safe environment where they can thrive. But the Anglican diocese who owns the building decided to sell and told Moret back in October... Blue Spruce Montessori would have to go. She served the community for over 20 years, and it seems like that has no bearing. Spaces are limited, and if you're not on a wait list for at least a year, you're pretty much out of luck. Some of the parents of the school tried bidding on the property. They even matched the over-asking price. The church went with a foreign buyer with no subjects in cash in hand, looking to open an international school. There's going to be an international school that will only be for the elite, because yes, it will be expensive. Three little sons. Blue Spruce is not the only child care centre to fall victim to eviction. Sir Andrews in Burnaby was only given 30 days notice by Central Christian Assembly to get out. After speaking with Global News, that deadline was pushed to the end of August. To have less than a month or just over a month's notice uh, to make sure you can find the childcare you need. This is uh, very frustrating for families. Uh, Minister Chen is on it. Moret says it could be one month or eight. That doesn't make a difference in this market. I've got three 
um, commercial realtors that have been working for me looking for commercial space. There is nothing. Spring and raining. One liberal critic is suggesting at least a one-year grace period for child care centers to find somewhere else to operate. The provincial government can't just promise to open more daycare spaces when older daycare spots are shutting down. Bottom line, Moret says in order to keep rates low, child care centers are stuck renting places at risk of redevelopment. It's heartbreaking, it's devastating, it's not right. Which means if Blue Spruce Montessori is able to move, it might never establish true roots in the community ever again. John Hua, Global News. The history of the world, as Lun Chef told me, is in this plate. It's telling a story, often a very personal one, a very old story. Shock and sadness today at the loss of Anthony Bourdain, the celebrity chef famous for taking TV viewers around the world, exploring cultures and telling stories through cuisine. Bourdain was in France working on an upcoming episode of his award-winning series, Parts Unknown. He was found dead in his hotel room, friends and colleagues confirming he took his own life. Nadia Stewart has more on his career and how chefs here and around the world are remembering him tonight. New fun land. It was Anthony Bourdain's authenticity that made him such a captivating figure. It's a restaurant town. It's a foodie town. It's a chef town. Taking audiences along with him as he indulged in his love of food and people. A journey that brought him to Vancouver in 2008. Have a little rice. Put your palate down a bit. An experience Chef Vikram Vidge remembers vividly. It was such a great camaraderie between us. You know, he had brought three cuisines together and the different cultures and great conversation and he showcased uh, not just the um, you know the cuisines but he showed the people that were behind it the history of the world as one chef told me is in this plate it's telling a story often a very personal one a very old story it was his behind the scenes look at the culinary industry that catapulted him to stardom his best-selling book kitchen confidential combined details of his turbulent life with candid observations of the business of food but it was his hit show parts unknown that made him a household name with an unforgettable personality He was the greatest storyteller of the chefs. He brought uh, us to the forefront and said, go and tell your story. And he would, you know, at the right time, ask the right questions. Bourdain was found dead in his hotel room in France on Friday, an apparent suicide. It comes just days after fashion designer Kate Spade took her own life. We think that she's got the best life that could possibly ever be. Vancouver psychiatrist Dr. Harpreet Shahan says both Spade and Bourdain are relatable. Average people living extraordinary lives. Their deaths come as new numbers are released, showing an increase in suicides in Canada and the U.S. across all genders and age groups, but particularly among middle-aged men and women. It's partly mental health, but it could be related to connectedness, um, also substance use, stress. Regardless of the cause, the message of help and hope are at the forefront today as the world mourns the loss of another brilliant and wildly creative mind. Anthony Bourdain leaves behind a girlfriend and an 11-year-old daughter. He was 61. Nadia Stirk, Global News. The suicides of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade this week are a reminder. No matter how successful or seemingly happy someone may seem, you never know What's going on in someone's life? If you or someone you know needs help and it's okay to ask for help, there is someone for you to talk to. The numbers are on your screen for you to reach out. For emotional support and resources specific to mental health, call 310-6789 or the BC-wide suicide line 1-800-273-8255.
1-800-784-2433. More shocking dash cam video that'll take your breath away. And we want to say right off the bat, the victim in this incident is okay. It happened on Wednesday afternoon in downtown Vancouver. Keep your eyes on the woman in the white coat with the black backpack. She darts across Granville at Dunsmuir right in front of a transit bus. Now, thankfully, the bus wasn't moving very fast. The woman admits she wasn't looking at the time because she was focused on catching a southbound bus. Luckily, she wasn't injured. Some Coquitlam residents are facing some pretty hefty fines for taking out the garbage too early. The city says it has to enforce the bylaw to keep bears and other wildlife out. But as Jennifer Palmer reports, many think the fines are too heavy-handed. Taking out the trash, it's a part of life that can be an inconvenience and for some, poorly timed. In Coquitlam, they want residents to put out the bins no earlier than 5.30 in the morning on garbage day. I didn't realize that the bylaw was 5.30 because myself, honestly, I put it the night before and I just put it right outside and I see a lot of people here do it also. So. Michael Lai didn't get a violation sticker on his trash bins, but several of his southwest Coquitlam neighbors did. The fine for putting out your trash early? $500 per can. I think it's insane. It's ridiculous. Like I said, they should have had a warning. Carenza Grant's neighbors got two stickers, which means $1,000 in fines. Her husband saw them. I was surprised by the amount. Um, It seems to be a little bit of a gouge. It just seems um, pretty strong. Cash grab. The city says the stiff fines are meant to send a message. They don't want trash out early, so the bears don't have a picnic. It's a public safety issue, it's a wildlife safety issue, and the fine amount reflects that. So far this year, Coquitlam has given out 1,256 warnings and issued 62 fines. The city says they've seen an improvement. We've had uh, a bit less calls than previous years. So compared to last year, we actually are seeing a little bit less uh, in terms of bear conflict so far. Already this year, four bears have been put down in Coquitlam, a number the city hopes to reduce even further by enforcing the $500 fines. Jennifer Palma, Global News. As gas prices soar, many are looking for alternative fuel sources. And now a B.C. company says the answer is all around us. The Squamish plant captures carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and converts it into fuel. As Ted Trenecki reports, they're getting closer to making it an affordable way to combat climate change. Of course, we know there's carbon in the atmosphere, and we know we're spewing more into it every day. But here in Squamish, a B.C. startup company has been capturing that carbon for about three years now at a rate of a ton a day. So you're looking at calcium carbonate. Carbon bonds with limestone, but the process was thought to be too expensive to ever make it commercially viable until now. Carbon Engineering has just published a paper in an industry journal called Juul saying they believe carbon can be captured at a much lower price point than previously thought. I don't just believe it, I know it. Um, You know, this is based upon an existing facility. This is not a PowerPoint calculation. It's none of those things. This is, it's a real facility. We've done real testing. We're using real equipment from suppliers that exist that we've talked to. And uh, yes, we're absolutely confident. This facility, he says, proves the cost of captured carbon isn't $1,000 a ton. It could be as little as $100, one-tenth. And the business model is to add hydrogen to the captured carbon and produce a liquid fuel, which they're already producing in small quantities. We're going to make a completely clean gas. 
And that gasoline or diesel or jet fuel will work with any existing vehicle. Drop-in compatible, you can fill up that vehicle, and now that vehicle is carbon neutral. So that solves the problem of decarbonizing the transportation sector. But no change. No change to the cars, no change to the gas stations. That new carbon-neutral gasoline won't be cheaper than what you're paying at the pump now, but carbon engineering is betting there will be a market fueled by the environmentally conscientious who are driven to save this planet. Ted Chernecki, Global News. Protesters promising a day of disturbance as the G7 kicked off in Quebec today. However, a planned demonstration this afternoon ended quickly with a tense standoff with police. About 100 protesters were met by almost 500 police officers. Despite the heavy police presence, demonstrators are not giving up. They've said they will be back tonight. And inside the gates, the G7 summit got off to a rocky start with President Trump not letting up on his tough talk around trade. Trump sat down with Prime Minister Trudeau late this afternoon, but whether the two men were able to reach common ground remains unclear. Abigail Beeman has more from Quebec. If we're unable to make a deal, we'll terminate NAFTA. Ripping up NAFTA was just one of Donald Trump's ideas hurled out on the White House lawn before he took off for Canada. They should let Russia come back in. Because we should have Russia at the negotiating table. Russia was ousted from what was then the G8 after Putin annexed Crimea in 2014. Trump wants Moscow back in. Canada's position is absolutely clear that there are no grounds whatsoever for bringing Russia with its current behavior back into the G7. And like he'd done in the hours leading up to the summit on Twitter, he publicly shamed his host country. I love Canada, but they treat us very unfairly on trade. Very, very unfairly. Almost 300% on dairy. So they treat us very unfairly. Just a couple of hours later, world leaders gathered in Charlevoix, Quebec, who say it's actually the United States whose tariffs on steel and aluminum are unfair. No one else would speak out like Trump, but if pictures speak for them, Justin Trudeau kissed world leader after world leader. For Trump, he'd only shake hands and lean in. Of course, everyone is hoping Trump will lean in on trade, but there's still no word whether a final agreement will come out of this two-day summit or whether the American president will sign it. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Charlevoix, Quebec. People in Ontario voted for change last night, giving Doug Ford's progressive conservatives a majority. We have sent a clear message to the world. Ontario is open for business. And that ends more than 15 years of liberal rule in the province. Kathleen Wynne's liberals reduced to just a handful of seats, leaving the future of her party uncertain. Wynne did win her seat, but announced her resignation as party leader following the results. The NDP will form the official opposition. Premier-elect Ford is promising an era of economic growth and prosperity for the province. A Facebook bug may have publicly shared millions of users' messages and posts without them ever realizing it. As many as 14 million people may have been affected by the glitch. The software bug was active from May 18th to May 27th and changed users' privacy settings without them knowing. That means private messages may have actually been shared with the public. The social networking company says the problem has been fixed. It's notifying those affected with a notification at the top of their news feeds. 
In Health Matters tonight, Surrey's first safe injection site marking an important milestone today. It is officially one year old. Safe Point on 135A Street has had more than 60,000 visits in the past year and not a single death reported. Staff at the centre have reversed more than 620 overdoses. For many, the site has not only saved their life, but also given them the help they needed. I think I, I visited here over 180, 183 times approximately. Um, I overdosed 24 of those times while I was here. If it wasn't for the staff and the nurses here at uh, Safe Point, I just wouldn't be on this planet today. Carter has been cleaned since last October and now works as a peer support worker at the centre four nights a week. Hey, Steve. Today marks World Oceans Day, a date all about protecting the Earth's waterways and those that inhabit it. We've all heard how plastics are polluting our oceans, and now it seems there is finally a trend toward making a change. As Linda Ellsworth reports, two companies chose today to make some big promises about reducing single-use plastic. Simply put, single-use plastics are bad. They're bad for the environment, particularly the aquatic environment, and in turn, they are bad for us. They don't break down, they break up into smaller and smaller pieces. So a straw out in the sunlight will eventually begin to break down into microplastics which can be eaten by creatures that mistake the colorful bits for food. Even before they break down, they can cause grief. The video of this sea turtle rescued from a straw that somehow got lodged up its nostril went viral a couple of years ago. There's more and more attention on plastic, marine debris in general, and plastic in particular. The aquarium is focused entirely on plastic this year. It would seem it has also become the focus of some big businesses. A&W chose today, World Oceans Day, to make this announcement in Vancouver. We're really excited to be here today and proud to be the first restaurant chain in North America to make a commitment to eliminate plastic straws in our business by the end of this year. That decision will take 82 million plastic straws out of circulation each year. What will A&W offer customers not content to sip right out of a cup? We'll be introducing uh, our new straw, which will be a paper straw, 100% compostable, biodegradable and sustainably sourced. The world's largest furniture retailer also chose today to make a similar announcement. IKEA will be discontinuing the sale and use of single-use plastics by the end of next year. So it will affect you know things in our home furnishings range like uh, like drinking straws and uh, and plastic cutlery and and um, plastic bags for for food storage things like that. But it'll take more than two retailers to make a significant difference. We want others to join us. We're hopeful that other companies will follow suit and and together we can sort of influence the whole industry. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. It's a sea change so to speak. Mm-hmm. All right, Christy Gordon joins us now to talk about the weather and boy, it's bleak out there, Christy. It sure is. I was downtown. Uh, we just finished off the Big Sisters uh, spring lunch and it was pouring and people didn't really even know what to do with themselves with all the rain coming down. So yes, it's certainly gray out there. Here's a look at some of the numbers, how much rain we saw. Uh, close to 14 millimeters downtown Pit Meadows, not too far behind West Vancouver as well. Airport only received 8 millimeters, but to give you perspective, through the entire month month of May, we only had 1.6 millimeters. And so far in the first week of June, just one. So uh, we've, what have we, 
doubled it, more than doubled it uh, at the airport just in one day. So certainly a soaker out there. Here's a look at how much we could see overnight. We are expecting conditions to ease off tomorrow afternoon. So this is by noon tomorrow. Still another 15 to 20 millimeters for the metro Vancouver, lower mainland region, far less across Vancouver Island. But sunshine or sorry, Squamish and Sunshine Coast will also get hit. Jet stream driving right across our region. South of the jet stream, that's where the mild air is. And we've got a cooling trend on the way because the jet stream is going to continue to track towards the east, bringing in that cooler air mass. And that means a special weather statement for those of you in the southern interior, Kootenai and Columbia regions, Thompson included in that. So here's a look at what we're expecting tonight and Saturday. Mild conditions still, but rain, significant rain compared to what you've seen in the last little while. Thunderstorms and gusty winds. So it'll be quite stormy for you over the next 24 hours. And then on Sunday, conditions ease off to just more scattered showers. You'll still see gusty winds and a few thunderstorms. But the key here is, is that the temperatures will plummet and the freezing levels will drop. So if you're driving any of the mountain passes, you could see some snow. Be prepared for that. Uh, Yes. It is June, right? Yes. All right. So here's a look at your northern regions for tomorrow. Mainly cloudy. We'll see scattered showers. Again, the bulk of the rainfall easing off tomorrow to more scattered showers. But we've got quite a bit of instability expected. And you'll see uh, a risk of thunderstorms as well. South coast region, mainly cloudy. These spotty showers. We'll see some breaks here and there. But we certainly do have still unsettled conditions both into our Saturday and our Sunday. And staying cool. It's not until next week that we start to dry up and warm up once again. And I'll leave you with this nice shot. This is from a little sister, Olivia. She drew me this photo. And uh, thank you to everyone who came out to the Big Sisters Luncheon today. We had a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah. Fluffy clouds. All right. Thanks very much to you, Christy, and Olivia for that drawing. Looks like Prince George, Prince Charlotte, and Prince Louis will be getting a cousin. But not from their newly married royal uncle, just yet. Pippa Middleton, the younger sister of the Duchess of Cambridge, has confirmed she is expecting this after weeks of rumors. She revealed the happy news in her weekend magazine column. The 34-year-old says she has passed her first trimester and was fortunate not to suffer severe morning sickness like her sister. Pippa and her husband James Matthews tied the knot last year. This will be the couple's first child. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You? What? He has a song in his head. He's trying to put it in mine. Oh, no, no. and I'm not listening to him. She's got the look. I'm not even listening. She's got the look. Is Roxette. that what the song? Why would that, that be? In your I head? have no idea. I just remember the part. Na 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 na. Anyway. She's got the look. Oh, great. exactly. Now it's an She's everyone's. Got the look. We apologize. <laughs> na 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 na. No more Roxette. All just right. Sports. Okay. Oh, I will do. That. <laughs> Hey, last night, Alex Ovechkin took the Stanley Cup on a tour of Las Vegas hotspots to think he broke his Stanley Cup drought in a desert. Seems appropriate. Uh, Today, the Capitals got home from Vegas, and unlike most travelers who go to Vegas, they came home winners. Plane arrived. They hosed it down for some reason. I guess that's their way of celebrating. Don't drop it. Yeah, they almost did drop it there. So uh, Ovechkin and crew will have their parade Tuesday in D.C. All right, this is the Alliance final preseason game tonight at B.C. Place, Winnipeg in town. John Jennings, likely to start at quarterback, will probably only play a half. But this game, you'll get more of a sense of what the team will look like when they start the regular season next Saturday against Montreal. Whitecaps are home tomorrow against Orlando. And the Whitecaps finally did something other than draw last week. 
win over Colorado. I think that's now five straight without a loss. And two big reasons for that are a couple of their smaller players. Bernie Reyna's going to get to this. Kucherich on the other side of the penalty area. It's a good-looking ball across. They are the White Caps' little big men, five foot two Christian Tichera and five foot six Jordy Reyna. Between them, they've combined for seven goals in the Caps' last four games. That includes Tichera's first ever hat trick against New England just a couple of weeks ago. I'm expecting that from them every single game. I know they've got it. Um, they show me glimpses of it. It's about consistency as well. You know, when you're young, sometimes you you go through inconsistent periods and. It's important they're healthy. They're healthy at the moment, they're consistent at the moment, and they're showing a lot of good form, and it's rubbing off on the rest of the team, so long may that continue. There's certainly a place in the game for the smaller player, but it takes a little more imagination and hard work to overcome the height restrictions. Then again, it does have its advantages. I just hide behind the big guys, you know. That's uh, that's what I tell Beecher all the time. I say, you know what, just just crawl up behind me. No one will see you come in, and uh, and it works out. Marina. And a shake free for Charles. A great ball to Christian Tichera. A wonderful finish. Tichera in his fourth year is from Uruguay. Reina in his second is from Peru. Reina's the playmaker. Tichera the finisher, and they've developed a noticeable chemistry already. Reyna's play has been particularly pleasing to the Caps considering what he went through in the offseason. A 16-year-old girl died at a party in Peru where Reyna was present. He was questioned by police but was cleared of any wrongdoing. The death was later ruled to be from natural causes. He's gone through a lot, um, but he seems to have come through that the other side, uh, smiling, which is important because with any player, if you're playing happy, then you know you produce your best rewards on the field. When we come around here, we support each other and we fight for each other because this is the family that we really, you know, uh, we create and we care for each other. And uh, you know, Jordi's been great for us. It's Reina. Past three thirty in the afternoon. Well, Paris the Eiffel Tower towers over Paris, as does Rafael Nadal at French Open time. He's won this thing ten times. Working at the net here on Del Potro, and he's going to an eleventh final. And he never loses in the final. He'll be taking on Dominic Keane this year for another French Open championship. Tomorrow, Justify will try to become the 13th horse to win the Triple Crown, which is the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes. It's one of the toughest things to do in sports. Aside from the 13 winners, 23 others have come to the Belmont Stakes looking for immortality, only to be reduced to mere mortals along the way. Why is it so hard to win this final race? It's up to you, New York. It's because making it there is not like making it anywhere. Winning the Kentucky Derby is tough. So is winning the Preakness. But the Belmont Stakes is the longest and most grueling of the three at a mile and a half long. It makes this event kind of like running a backwards Ironman where the ocean swim is the last event. Justify, bred of course by the Langley father-daughter combination of John and Tanya Gunther, has the ability to go the distance. But will he tire under the weight of running all three races? That is why the list of Triple Crown winners is an even dozen stretched between Sir Barton in 1919 and American Pharaoh in 2015. In the Belmont, he's going to face a tougher, more rested field than he did in the Preakness. 
Justify is going to need all his talent and some good fortune to become lucky number 13 in Triple Crown history. Oh, we're going to see a little basketball, are we? Uh, well, LeBron James has to win tonight if he wants to keep playing this year. Down 3-0. Oh, man. Steph Curry with a long three-pointer. Kevin Durant, Duncan. 38-35, Golden State up three love in this series over Cleveland. There you go. All right, Squire, thank you very much. Squire is sticking around for satellite debris straight ahead. But first, let's check in with Kasha Padurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasha? Well, let's head outside, shall we, for all five things, beginning with Italian Day on the drive. Manja, manja, and take in all the vendors, activities, and entertainment celebrating Italian culture that Sunday on Commercial Drive. Wrangle up the kids and teddy bears this weekend in Coquitlam. First, it's the Teddy Bear Family Concert featuring acts like Bob's and Lolo. Then on Sunday morning, it's the Teddy Bear Parade and Picnic. Expect a day of storytelling, puppet shows, and of course, the parade to Town Centre Park. Experience Greece without leaving home. This weekend, enjoy folk dancing, culture, and of course, delish Greek food at the Surrey Greek Food Fest. Bring the little ones, they'll love the kids' zone booth. It's always cooler by the lake, and it's what the cool big kids are doing in Kelowna. Wednesday, head to the downtown marina for the Kelowna June After Five event. Expect hors d'oeuvres, drinks, and mingle with other young professionals in this picturesque setting. Seafood enthusiasts, we got you covered. The province's largest seafood festival is on in the Comox Valley, with events, tours, tastings, and more happening over several days. For more on this, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. All right, it's Friday. Ooh, so we're going to outer space. Yes. I've <laughs> always wanted to do that, right? Well, we do it every Friday, and then we bring it back to Earth with satellite debris, which begins with a cat commercial featuring all the famous Internet cats to... Um, Advertise a supermarket in Germany. All the famous internet. Yes, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see what I mean. Okay. I gotta get oh. that one on my iPad. 
Once the, the cat iPod. reaches yes, internet yes. fame, then they do or my iPhone. endorsements. Yes, well, <laughs> that's how you get there. You go YouTube and you become famous. Okay, uh, Nicotinel, I think that's how you say it. Uh, it's a, a product that helps you stop smoking. Here we go. Sacrifice a cigarette and save the endangered Ryukyu Robin. How? Well, every morning you smoke a cigarette. But if you don't smoke that cigarette, you have six minutes spare. When you have six minutes spare, you read the paper. When you read the paper, you find cheap flights to Japan. When you find cheap flights to Japan, you go birdwatching on Mount Fuji. When you go birdwatching on Mount Fuji, you discover the endangered Ryukyu Robin. And when you discover the endangered Ryukyu Robin, you save it from extinction. So, replace those cigarettes you know you can do without with nicotinel. Because great things can happen when you sacrifice a cigarette. See, good tip. Yes. Okay, our last one combines Renault and Lego coming together for us. Come to life when I am home because I think that'd be kind of crazy. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, be, it, would it would be, be fun, like, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you'd think you probably drank something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I that I probably some <laughs> mixed yeah, up your meditation or something, and then it all came to life for you. Sort of like Toy Story. Oh, I will in thirty right. seconds. Don't you thinking. worry about it. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. you very much, Squire. Final word on the weather. Sure. So we still have another fifteen millimeters of rain overnight and a chance of showers tomorrow. But I think you'll see some nice breaks of sunshine here and there tomorrow. It's not really a soaker. The bulk of it it will be overnight. Sunday though, we're back to scattered showers and keep your eye on the sky. We have a risk of thunderstorms right across the entire province tomorrow. We've got quite an unstable air mass set to push in. I mean, I don't want when, to rain on anyone's parade, but uh-huh. nice one. no. But we we need the rain in June. We need right? the rain, absolutely. So it's not necessarily all bad news. Although the lightning that could cause a problem. Mm. All right, yeah. let's go sing rock set at a karaoke bar. What do you think? I don't really want to. But okay, then forget it. <laughs> okay. And you'll have that song in your head all weekend long, and you can right. thank Squire. Have a good weekend, everyone.